Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's there we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There he is. All right. Wow. Yeah. Another episode of All About Mine. Okay. Let me. All right. We had a guest tonight. We don't. Uh, she contacted me and said that she has a conflict of scheduling, which means we got something else coming up, and she just you know missed the. Uh, actually, she she has someone who booked with me, and so it's like another person in there. And if she had something and she didn't pass it on to them and all that, so you know I understand. There's conflicts. I I've done that. I'm sure everyone has. So we don't have a guest tonight, but she's going to be with us hopefully within the next two or three, four weeks. Uh, Not next week. We will not be on the air next week. We are going to be celebrating American Thanksgiving Day. And I say American Thanksgiving Day because we do have guests all over the world. And so... uh, it's going to be American Thanksgiving Day. We will be celebrating next week, so we won't be on. But, <clears throat> excuse me, let me tell you what's coming up and some of the things here over this next week, some reasons to pop open a bottle of wine. Uh, let's see. Uh, today's National Rural Health Day. So if you live in the country, be sure you get your checkups and everything and get that taken care of. Guinness World Records Day is tomorrow. Uh, ooh, let's see. What do they do on this? Uh, uh, well, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess they check. They have an official day for all their goodies. I used to follow the Guinness World Record book all the time, and now I, I haven't seen one in Years. Oh my gosh. I, the more I think about it, it's been 30 years since I've looked at one. Saturday, National Princess Day. So, all of you people out there who have daughters and granddaughters who are little princesses, Saturday is their day. And you can sit back and have them give you a fashion show and all their princess clothes, and you can drink wine while you're doing it and really enjoy it. Sunday, National Camp Day. So if you're out in the wild, that's a good day to do it. Monday, Old Socks Day. So if you've got a pair of old socks out there with no hose or anything in them, you can do that. World Fisheries Day is coming up on Tuesday. Uh, it's a pretty important day. The fishing supplies around the world are dropping, and so that's why they're doing a lot of farm-raised fish, which they're also saying that that's bad for the oceans, too, because they keep them in one spot, and it's better if they go out. But if they go out, then people tend to overfish, and it's a conundrum. There is a great holiday coming up on the day before Thanksgiving. It's called Drinksgiving. And it's an informal occasion when you stay in your home rather than go to the neighborhood bars and drink. 
can do that on Thanksgiving, I suppose, but Drinksgiving is another good occasion to do it. So Wednesday, Drinksgiving Day, grab yourself a, a bottle of something and drink. Thursday is Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a uh, stuff yourself day, indulge in too much food. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so that's coming up uh, on Thursday. So that's what we have this week. Then, well, I suppose I really should. May's Day is Friday the 24th. Since we won't be here next week, let me go through this. Uh, it's uh, corn, maize. Shopping reminder day, the 25th. 24th and 25th are Black Friday and Black Saturday, so you know, jump on that stuff. 26th, stir up Sunday. Uh, traditional Christmas puddings and stuff uh, are usually prepared. Monday, the 27th, National Craft Jerky Day, also Cyber Monday. I believe that's the 27th. That's when you get on your computers <clears throat> excuse me, and you order your holiday gift packages and stuff, which they, what was it, last year I think they said that the Cyber Monday equaled or out, outdid Black Friday. I don't know what the actual numbers were, but they, it was... Really uh, something unusual. Giving Tuesday is on the 28th. Uh, donation boxes are all over the place, so you can contribute food and clothes and all, whatever you want to the worthy organizations, and they will distribute it for Christmas. Giving Tuesday. Wednesday the 29th, here's a good one for you, Square Dancing Day. <laughs> You can drink yourself a lot of wine before you go out there. I used to enjoy square dancing when I was in, in high school and junior high. We used to do it, you know, as part of, part of the thing, and I used to enjoy it. And then a week from, or two weeks from today is National Mississippi Day. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but, you know, take a toast to Mississippi. And that's what we have coming up here until the end of the month. Then we jump into December. So we will be back on the 30th, and we'll do that. Everybody should be all recovered from their Thanksgiving dinner by then. And, you know, we got football that day and everything else. So that is what we've got for the next couple of weeks. I have news for you. I was not planning on having news for you, but it just happened to be that our guest canceled, so I have news for you, which is okay with me because why is this on the Oh, because this is the wrong page. That's why. I couldn't figure that out. Okay. We, uh, uh, Muscadini Sellers announces Holiday Artesians Weekend, which is December the 2nd and 3rd. Uh, it's uh, in Kenwood, California. They are uh, holiday-inspired uh, holiday Artesians Weekend. And it features events from the Holiday Makers Markets, live music from the Jamie Jameson Band and the Bohas Boogie Boys, and they got art exhibitions and all sorts of stuff going on. So keep that in mind. That is in Kenwood, California, and it's Kenwood Sellers, I believe. Uh, and Sonoma... Yeah, I, I guess it's Kenwood Sellers. Well, no, Muscadini Sellers. That's Muscadini Sellers. If you want to get in touch with them, 
excuse me. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, okay, that would take care of that one. And let's go over to this one because I've got some things to tell you about this. No, I don't want to do that. I have been telling you over the last couple of three weeks about the Wine Spectator Top 10. Actually, they came out with 100, but I've only told you about the Top 10. The Top 10 Wines for 2023. And it was it's quite a diversified list there. It uh, is, uh, well, for a quick review, I think I can do this. Where can I find a list of the top 10? Uh, top 10 in 2023. Okay, well, no, this isn't going to do it for me. Okay, number 10 was Grey Wax Sauvignon Blanc out of Marl. Marlboro, Australia, a 2022 vintage, and it's only $23, which is really pretty good. Number nine was Renaissance Pinot Noir out of Willamette Valley, 2021, $40 on the cost-suggested retail price. Number eight, Chateau Pichon Baron out of Pulak. 2020 vintage, $165, and it's only well, it's rated 97, which is really pretty pretty good for uh, my inspector to give it that high. Number eight, uh, seven is Antonori Chianti Classico Marchis Antonori Reserva, 2020. 95 points, $50 for the one of those. And number six, excuse me again. Number six, Dunn, D-U-N-N, Dunn Vineyards, Cabernet Sauvignon from Howell Mountain, 2019. 96 is the score, $175. But Howell Mountain has always been priced high. Anything I've ever seen or had from Howl Mountain has always been very expensive. I don't know. I guess they have done that for years. Uh, next one, number five, Maestro Barodino. <coughs> Excuse me, let me take a sip. Uh, Mastro Berardino. Is that any better? Not a whole lot. Mastro Berardino Terusi Radici Reserva. A 2016. 95 score, $73. And the next one is number four. It's a Ryan. Pinot Noir, Sonoma Coast Royal, St. Robert Cuvée, 2021, $70, 95 score on that one. All these have stories to them. I'm not reading the stories. Number three, Chateau Lynch Bagaz, Poulac, 2020, 96 on the score, $137 for that. Okay, and then number two is Occidental Pinot Noir West Sonoma Coast Freestone. Occidental 2021, $65, 94 on the score. And the number one that Wine Spectator picked for 2023 is... Argiano Brunello di Montosino, a 2018, 95 score, $90 is the price on this one. 
says reflecting more than $10 million in investment in the estate over a decade, the quality of the 2018 is phenomenal, and that's why it won the Wine Spectator 2023 Wine of the Year honors. Uh, relatively large property is one of the region's historic wineries. It, uh, the villa, which was recently restored, dates back to 1581. Wow. And they said the northern vineyard parcels made up of alluvial clay, alluvial sandy silt and loam with outcroppings of limestone and clay over a bed of limestone are planted to Sangiovese. This is a Sangiovese? Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, part of the estate is devoted to international grape varieties. Uh, so it looks like this is a Sangiovese. So there you go. Number one wine from Wine Spectator for this year. Uh, yeah, good for them. I don't know if people go out and buy wines based on Wine Spectator's suggestions. Uh, maybe they do. But it's not the normal crowd. Because, well, look at the prices. I just quoted you 175, 123, stuff like that. And that's not what most people is going to go out and buy, I'm afraid to say. Most people keep their prices down. And especially in economic times now where everything costs more money, they're going to have to watch their pennies. So I think that it's nice to see the list, but. In reality, I don't know if it's going to help increase sales tremendously for all those places. It's like cigars. We're going to have the cigar guys on in a couple of weeks. Well, actually, the 16th. I think the 16th. Is that right? No. I think it's... I keep saying the 16th, but I think it's uh, the 14th. Okay. 16th on the Saturday. The 14th of December, we're going to have the guys on. And uh, we'll see what they have to say about their thoughts on the top tens that are picked in cigars every year. And if that really is something that people will go out and do it. A smaller investment, though. Well, well most of them. Some of them are very expensive. You can get very expensive cigars. But overall, smaller investment. Okay. Uh Let's see what we got here. Another thing from Wine Spectator. I want to go through quickly here. Is where is it? Uh, the no, that's the top 100 list. Uh, wait a minute. This isn't. This isn't what I'm. I thought this was top wines. I thought, where's the wineries? They had a list of the top 10 wineries from 2023, and I guess, hmm, no, not here. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, Annual Wine Star Galas Award. Now, we talked about this last year, about this coming up. Uh, the... 2023 Wine Star Awards. And you can go to this. You can show your support for this year's winners. And it's a black tie gala put on by wine enthusiasts. And it's really the, well, a who's who in the wine industry. They have all sorts of people there. Uh, big names, names you've heard, names I've talked about. And you can rub elbows with all these people because, let me tell you, most of the people in the wine business are pretty down-to-earth. You don't have too many real snobs in the wine business. But everybody's come together for one night. You can go. You can join them in Miami on Monday, February the 5th at 5.30 reception. Individual tickets only $1,985. Or you can get a table of 10 
tickets for $18,585. So if you know you and a bunch of friends want to go. Or a table of 12 is only $21,585. So you do save money by going with the tens and the t- <laughs> uh Monday, February 5th. I will, if you, you can't attend it, if you have to work or if you're not going to be in Miami at that time, then I, when I find out who the winners are, I will pass them on. I did last year, and I have been every year. Whenever I see the winners of this Wine Star Awards, I try to pass them on to you. A lot of them are names, the surprisingly large number of names we don't know, but uh, it's gives the small wineries a chance. So there you go. Uh, almost $2,000 for a ticket, though, for a evening of extravagance and who's who in the wine and spirits industry. So <laughs> uh, a bit much, yeah. Uh, okay. And let's see, Bantura. Organic winery. Uh, I don't. Did we interview Bontira? I can't remember if we did or not, Mike. Did maybe you'll remember? You're, I, you're, I remember them uh, talking about them. Um, yeah, me too. But I don't know if we interviewed them or not. They're. I don't know. Look in that still trap mind of yours and see if you can remember and let me know. Um, well, remember you mentioned them um, last week. You mentioned uh, Bonterra Organic Estates uh, Wine Winery, but uh, no, I don't have any yeah. any notes on here at least. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll keep checking no. out though, just in case. Yeah, check the show. Well, they uh, they have all sorts of stuff going on, and they always do. They are located in California on Old River Road, 12901 Old River Road in Hopland, California. They are organic all the way. Hence, it's in their name, Monterra Organic Estates. And they they do all sorts of stuff there continuously. You can sign up for emails from them. And I get, I don't know, two or three emails a week. I glance at them and get rid of them. But they have a bunch of stuff. Uh, they have canned wines and organic canned wines. This is something that you're not going to see too much out there. So uh, I, I talk about Ventura quite often. I was thinking that we had them on. I don't know. Well, Michael, find out. But they have uh, Ventura Bubbles wine, that, which is uh, obviously sparkling wine. In a can. And you can take these things to all sorts of different places. You won't be able to take a bottle. So just keep that in mind and check that out. So, uh, uh, And you can sign up for the emails also. Um, go to, is that it? Cultivate the future at email.ventura.com. Cultivate the future at email.ventura, B-O-N-T-E-R-R-A.com. And sign up for the email. They'll give you two or three a week, actually. They keep sending them to you. Uh, Let's see. I don't want to talk about that. And not and here's oh, another thing about Black Friday offer starts now on 25% off on their wines. So uh, 25% on six bottles or more. I don't know if that goes. Oh, here we go. Get the 50% off cans. And you also choose your favorite November Gray's board for a chance to win $10,000 in cash prizes. 
Ooh, what a deal, what a deal. So um, 25% off bottles and 50% off cans. Wow. Again, Ventura, check them out. Uh, I had another, uh, let's see. Well, no, it's not that. No, it's not that. And it's not that. Hmm. Okay. Well, then. Ulumba the Cali? Ulumba the Cali. Uh, it's a blend of a Cabernet and Syrahs. It's a 2018, a rare and exceptional release. This is being said by the Wine Spectator. Uh, Ulumba, Y-A-L-U-M-B-A, the Cali, C-A-L-E-Y, is the result of an unwavering commitment to the classic blend of Cabernet Syrahs. For more than a century, Cabernet Syrahs has been a focus of Ulumba and the Cali, the finest example, a super claret of another error. Hmm. The blend brings together the linear elegance, firm tannins, and persistent structure of Conawara Cabernet Sauvignon with the voluptuous textural richness of Barossa Syrahs. This is a wine made for longevity, and while its richness will be enjoyed in its youth, its elegance and structure will live on for decades in the cellar. So, there you go. It's Australian, by the way, if you didn't catch it when I was telling you those those areas. Uh, but, no, yeah, interesting. Probably way, way expensive, too. Doesn't say here. So, 2018 release. Okay. And, let's see. Let's go on to something else here. And other things that I noted that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, sorry, I'm not more organized. Uh, guests, I didn't catch the guests' cancellation until later, and then I had to scramble. European Commission allows the use of the controversial pesticide glyphosate. Glyphosate, if you don't know the actual name of it, is Roundup. That's the active ingredient in Roundup. Glyphosate is actual. Did you say something or something? I didn't know. Okay, I heard something mumble in the background, like somebody was upset with me saying glyphosate. Um, Okay. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it says the European Commission has decided to extend the use of the controversial pesticide glyphosate for 10 more years after a second failed vote on the matter. The Netherlands abstained from the vote, as did a majority of the EU member states. So if you abstain, you just get it passed anyway. The European Commission could push through with its plan due to the stalemate between the member states. Banning, banning a pesticide requires a generous majority. The current authorization to use the agricultural pesticide expires on December the 15th. Uh, glyphosate, better known as the widely used Roundup here, it says it here, for manufacturing Monsanto is very controversial. Several experts have linked the pesticide to Parkinson's disease, and there are indications that it may be carcinogenic. Scientists are also concerned that the pesticide seriously threatens vital pollinators like bees and many other animals. It says there is enough evidence 
of the toxic effects of glyphosate on people's health and on the environment that cannot be ignored, said Eva Carroll of Greenpeace. European governments have a duty to protect their citizens' health and the nature we all rely on. I, I've noticed Greenpeace seems to be much more active in Europe than they are here in the States. I, I, I don't know why, but I just seems like every time you see Greenpeace being involved in something, it's in Europe, not so much here in the in the States. Which is okay. I'm mad at Greenpeace anyway. Um, the Lord House of the Dutch Parliament twice asked outgoing Agricultural Minister Piet Adema to vote against the extension, and he refused due to a stalemate in the cabinet. Yeah, well, you won't get reelected. So the Netherlands abstained. The Health Environment Alliance is furious that the European Commission pushed through the renewing glyphosate authorization despite the lack of support. They said, it is unacceptable. While we can't undo the decades of exposure, the commission can still seize the opportunity to turn the tide towards more sustainable agricultural practices and drop its proposal now. So, there you go. They have extended it. But, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that, I don't know, I thought it was in this article. I guess it's not. I noticed in one of the articles I was reading that they are so organic and biodynamic over there now. They're really, Europe has embraced the organic movement. And because of it, it's starting to, without using glyphosate, they can actually lose their crops every year from what the article said. I, I wish I could find it here, but it's uh, something that they need to uh, really keep track of and close track of because of the fact that they're so organic and gl the glyphosate really does get rid of the weeds and, and help a lot on this stuff. So, I don't know. Uh Napa completes a stunning vintage. The weather held out at the end of 2023, and nothing went wrong throughout the year, and they have a great vintage, outstanding vintage. 2023 should be a great year uh, for Napa. If uh, And they're saying the same thing for Sonoma, Pasarofos, and stuff like this, too. It should be a pretty great year for all those areas. So if you're looking for some good California wines, then grab yourself some of the 2023 vintage. But you won't be able to see the whites until next uh, what, next spring, next summer. And the reds, if it's a good vintage, probably not for two, three years yet. Uh, says the 23 Merlot is going to clock in at about 13.3% alcohol. Uh, this is from Jim Duane from CV Vineyard. He said that uh, he's worried that I'm going to be smashed by the critics in a couple of years. Uh, we don't sell a lot of wines off of scores anymore. My Merlot is at 13.3% alcohol. It's not going to have a big opulent impact. It might have at 153 but that's what the vintage gave, gave us, and I'm grateful. So we're lucky to have this 23 vintage. It's going to have a higher impact on the wines, and it's going to produce better wines. And that's basically what everyone is saying in this article. The 2023 is really uh, going to make a difference. Oh, what do you do here? I hate it when the cookie settings jump up all of a sudden. Um, so, 2023 vintage. If you're looking to get some good wine, some probably some decent wines, and from what they're saying here, the alcohol is not going to be outrageous, which is which is good. You're not going to have these real hot wines out there, high alcohol. Okay, let's go to the 
something else here and see what we got here. Okay, that takes care of that page. And let's go to there. Let's see what this says. If you know an inspiring person in the wine industry for 2024, then nominations are open. If you don't, don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, here we go. This this caught my eye simply because Missouri is uh, one of the original big wine regions. Uh, in Augusta, which is the uh, Florida-based Hoffman family, has listed 10 acres for sale in Warren County near the Washington Regional Airport, according to real estate agent John Fisher. Um, the airport's just outside of, outside of town. Parcel is largely undeveloped and listed for 425000 and comes with a sizable airplane hangar. There you go. The family that touted plans to remake wine country here is selling another property in its redevelopment vision, causing some of the area officials to worry the further the company is further scaling back its ambitious plans. It's the second time the company has listed property for sale in Missouri wine country. This fall, the Hoffmans listed the historic Emos House campus in Marthasville, 12 miles northeast of Augusta, for just under $1 million. They envisioned it as a boutique hotel and employee lodging. The new listing comes as the company offloads some of its U.S. commercial real estate portfolio, including more than two dozen properties in downtown Naples. Uh, which is where they're based, Naples, Florida, south of Tampa. You may have heard of Naples, Florida. It's, it's quite a tourist area down there. So uh, the company uh, did not respond to calls uh, asking about this stuff. It says, this isn't good for Augusta. Together, the cells are among the signs that Hoffman's vision is changing. Uh, back in 2021, January 2021, the company was led by billionaire couple in Washington, Missouri, natives David and Jerry Hoffman. And they planned with an investment of $100 million at turning the sleepy town and surrounding hills into a national tourist attraction to rival California's Napa Valley. And I remember reading that, too, reading what they, they were going to put all sorts of stuff in, plant the hills and vineyards and everything. People were quite excited all around the Midwest and all around the country. Now they're pulling out, it looks like, slowly but surely they are divesting themselves of properties and the center of all that stuff down in Naples is also being divested. Uh, the original plans as the airport, which is located across the Missouri River from Washington, is largely used for business travel by independent pilots. The Hoffmans initially pitched a helipad and hot air balloon rides at their proposed lodge hotel. Uh, August 2021, some residents complained at a St. Charles County Planning and Zoning Commission that landing that the landing pad would be too close to local church and cemeteries. And others said the flights pose an invasion of their privacy and would be too great a disruption of Augusta residents' slow-paced lifestyle. By June of this year, plans for the yellow pad and holiday air balloons were scrapped. Yeah, you got your wish, people. You got your wish. Uh, and just think of how nice it's been to have the influx of money into your area there. So, 
no more. It looks like it's, you know, they're stopping a lot of that stuff, and it's not going to be the next Napa in the Midwest. Missouri was one of the leading grape-producing areas many years ago, so before we got uh, the... Uh, prohibition. Gee, I can't think of that. For some reason, I can't think of the word prohibition. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Low and no alcohol wines popularity increasing. But experts say more research on taste is needed. Yeah, yeah, think. I tasted a couple and I'm not impressed. Uh, the Steve Goodman's, who is a wine consultant and researcher at Adelaide University's Business School, couldn't wrap his head around the logic of alcohol free wine. Then his wife was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Out of nowhere, no and low alcohol and no low went from research interest to something we actually needed to embrace, Dr. Goodman said. Before that, even as a dedicated wine consumer and someone with a great interest in wine, the topic of no low wine was never on my radar. Suddenly, it became his mission to improve Australia's no low offerings. And so he started... In a short span of time, Molo products have gone from niche to mainstream with room still to grow. Out of all of Nolo products, Dr. Goodman believes that Nolo beer had been the most successful at replicating the same taste as the alcohol version. He says, wine is lagging behind quite a bit. The majority haven't managed to capture that mouthfeel yet, hence the research we are involved with now. The facility is a $198 million initiative between South Australian government and the University of Adelaide. So it's creating Nolo wine, uh, vino that can pass as real wine is a tough ask. As alcohol is key to the overall taste and mouthfeel when drinking wine. It says that Australian wine has... 5% of the global NOLO market share, with more companies popping up across the country. He said, I saw the opportunity for brands and that were just removing the alcohol. And he said he wanted NOLO as a part of his own uh, uh, type of price, rather than expecting it to taste like traditional wine very difficult uh, with wine so much of the flavors contained within the alcohol and he said with we utilize Australian botanical extracts to create the different flavor notes we don't necessarily want to compare ourselves directly to wine and so we hadn't anticipated the amount of new entrants I think we're still at the beginning of this the more competition there is the better the product gets and he says that there's a jump in NOLO consumption. Uh, across our retail stores, we have nearly 400 different products now available. And around 10% of our consumers purchase a zero or low alcohol product at least. In, uh, 10% has purchased one in the last 12 months. The range has proven itself to be an enduring part of the modern drinks landscape. And this is the people are desperate for information. Uh, let's see. They are searching for the holy grail of taste, though. Uh, his wife has finished chemotherapy and her health is stable again. Nolo continues to be her wine of choice, but it's still a bit of a search for the Holy Grail. It's not quite there, but it's getting closer. And that's one of the problems with NOLO. Uh, it doesn't really taste the same. 
it's like oh, what's a good comparison? <laughs> milk, cow milk, and nut milk. It's not the same. And some people love the, the all the nut melts. I don't, and because it doesn't taste the same. I, I think the same thing goes with the Nolo. It's not quite the same there. So, excuse me. Uh, but they're embracing it in Australia, just like they're embracing it here in the states. There's lots of Nolo going on around here. You can you can find it everywhere. Okay, and that gone. That texture of that one. Let's go to this one. And, uh, Colorado wine distributors say grocery store wine sales are hurting business. They just passed a new law stating that you can sell wines from grocery stores. It doesn't have the same variety as they do in wine shops. And the small stores are down 40% because of the fact that the law is written. The law just came out and the law is written that they could put wine in any grocery store anywhere. But they were going to include a a um, uh, oh a clause in there, I guess, that stated that wine being sold in grocery stores had to be a thousand feet away from any wine shop that was around. Which, if you have a strip stores, strip plazas, and you have a grocery store in the middle of which uses your anchor store, then a lot of times you have wine shops that are off to the side of these main stores and people are getting their wines from the grocery stores and they're not stepping out and buying them from the wine shops that are on the side like they normally do and it's really caused a serious concern among these little small mom and pop and smaller wine stores because people aren't coming over and buying from them anymore and sales are down well up to forty percent already, and the law just went into effect not too long ago. I think what did they say last month, and so uh, no uh, March first store went into effect March first, and uh, it's the distributors are saying it's making a big difference in what they're selling uh, to the small stores and to the grocery stores and stuff. But zero distance is required, and they said that is the thing that hurts them. So we may be losing some small wine stores if they don't amend this bill and make it so that it's 1,000 feet away, and then that way they won't have the problem. Okay. Uh I saw a couple of no, well, that's done. Promising discovery for the uh, well, there it is. It was hard to see in this. Promising discovery to combat exilla I know we said this wrong exilla fastidosia which is Pierce disease we've talked about it that's the actual name of it uh, Pierce disease there's new studies uh, published in Nature magazine by American scientists say they discovered resistance genes to the bacteria that causes Pierce disease the exilla fastidosia uh, they've identified the genes in the wild species of the Vitus arizonica, and it's already known for its resistance to it, and they could possibly reintroduce them into the Vitus vinifera, which is the ones that we are so familiar with. They also noticed that the resistant genes are more widespread in 
buying plants in warm climates, which is also a good thing because it's, well, the climate change is making things warmer all over, and this could be a good thing right there. Exodia festidosia also damages almonds, coffee, lemon, and olive crops. So this could pass on to these things too, all these different plants, and possibly find a resistance to all of this stuff. There's multi-million dollars lost every year to all these individual crops individually because of Pierce disease. The glass and wing sharpshooter sharp is not picky, and they attack a lot of these plants and spread the Pierce disease around. Uh, the Pierce disease recently broke out in Portugal, which leads to rapid and sudden drying of part of the leaves, which then suffered dieback while the adjacent tissues become red or yellow, and then the leaf dries and falls. Uh, only the petula, oh, that's got me. Is that the little thing that holds the leaf on? Only that remains. Everything else has fallen to the ground. So Portugal could be a bad thing. That's where port's made. So let's hope that that doesn't carry on there too long. But they think they have found uh, a... Resistant gene. CRISPR, that's where CRISPR come in. They can throw this gene into the plants and it will resist the Pierce disease. Or genetic modification, if you will. But it would be better than to have the plants die. Yes, sir, it would. Okay. Uh... North Americans want wines for $60 or less. I think that might be a tad bit high. New research reveals customers' preference when eating out. Okay, well, eating out, that's good. Uh, seven key findings to this survey. The food menu is the most important factor for a significant majority of respondents when choosing a restaurant. The wine list is important to a majority of respondents when choosing a restaurant. That is number two. Number three, most consumers, 95.5%, want to see less than 100 labels on the wine list. That, that's understandable. It gets confusing. And it's great to go into some place like Burns Steakhouse here in Tampa that is always listed as one of the biggest and best wine lists by all the magazines and everybody but you just get overwhelmed absolutely overwhelmed you show up at 10 o'clock in the morning here's your wine list for dinner that evening at 8 so you can go through the wine list and check and read everything and see everything on the list it's just it's crazy and I can understand why people say give me a smaller wine list it's easier to go through and all that and people end up most of the time I think people end up getting what they're familiar with anyway they're not you're going to be paying three times retail when you're out at a restaurant and some places are up to four and even five times retail new york city i understand washington dc boston that the east coast uh, including philadelphia and all that i understand that restaurants that are up to, uh, as just five times retail for a bottle of wine when you when you walk in and order it. So people aren't going to do a lot of experimenting in the restaurant. They're going to go back to some of their favorites. They're going to fall back on their their, their main wines that they always choose, their uh, default wines, and buy those and drink those. So, you know, any more than 100 bottles... I can understand that. 57% of consumers favor an average price of below $60. And that, and I'm surprised, is not higher than 57%. Because when you start getting markup of three times, 
that means that you're actually getting bottles that are only about $20, $25 in the grocery store, and you get a three-time markup, you're up to the $60 mark now. So that seems a little, a little low on that. Number five, 50% of restaurant workers think chefs create menus without thinking about wine. Hmm. Half of the workers think that the chefs just create a menu without thinking about how it's going to pair. Well, that's an interesting. Number six, consumers prefer winemakers' dinners, 15.5%, and seated wine and food pairing events, 185 one eight percent rather than wine classes and cooking lessons. Wine classes are nine point six three percent as opposed to winemakers dinners which they prefer and cooking lessons, which is better than wine and food pairing event or a lot less than wine and food pairing events. So there you go. Uh And then the last one, number seven, at wine and food pairing events, 40% of respondents thought the pairings weren't great. Ooh, that's not a good percentage there. 40% thought it wasn't great. So, a uh, little inside information on, on that stuff there. See, I've got one thing I wanted to cover here I wanted to talk about. Uh Okay, a couple of things. I'll get time. This one, we just talked about removing uh, glyphosate from the vineyards. And this article is from... Parliament, they're saying that reducing the molecules and only working with an increasingly small range will lead to the opposite of what you're aiming for. This is by the co-chairman of Southwest France Wine Marketing Board. He said this at the European Wine Day. Uh, for the wine grower, an all-out reduction approach, wine create well, we'll create resistances, and we will no longer have any molecules to really combat various diseases. For weeding, it creates floral inversion, and that's not what we want either. So basically he's saying it's, you know, when you use glass, uh, glyphosate, it could completely remove, if you completely remove glyphosate, it will lead to abandonment of the vineyard because for now we don't have any other solutions. So, there's the argument from that side. There's always another side to everything. They say, do not remove it. That could be a bad thing. Uh, okay, let me look. I've got another thing I want to bring up. Okay, here we go. This is the one I want to talk about before we close here. Naked Wines Ditches Devlin. Okay, now we did have someone on for Naked Wines, and she was a big advocate of it. That was just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, that uh, they came on and talked about Naked Wines and how it works and all that stuff. And it sounds like a great deal. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan, I have to say. I haven't used it yet, but I think I'm going to. But... Online retailer Naked Wines has announced that CEO Nick Devlin will leave the role immediately following a further drop in expected revenue. Okay, now, that's not a good thing. The news comes as the firm said trading in the U.S. market was weaker than anticipated and was reducing its revenue expectations for full-year sales for 2024 down 12 to 16 percent, having previously predicted 8 to 12 percent. As a result, adjusted expectations are now 2 to 6 million 
pounds, and I guess are no, yeah, pounds. They out of England, yeah, two to six million pounds rather than eight to twelve million pounds. So they're down significantly. Devlin has now agreed with the board that he will step down, but will continue in the role of president of Neckard Wines U.S. business through the peak trading period before leaving the group entirely. So he'll be here until the end of the year, probably, or through the winter. It says, it disappoints to be underperforming against a recent forecast. While trading in the U.K. and Australia has been in line with their projections, the U.S. has not. Keen million-dollar loss. The announcement follows the news in September when Neckard reported a $15 million $15 million pound loss as its sales to new customers dropped to 26.9 million pounds in 2023 from 34 million pounds in 2022. Sales to new customers were 41% lower and sales to repeat customers were 15% lower. Wow. The whole board of Neck and Wine regret that your support and patience as shareholders, winemakers, angels, and employees have not been rewarded. We are determined to remedy that, said the founder, Rowan Gromley, or Gormley. One year earlier, the online retailer was forced to make 30 employees redundant in an effort to cut costs and create a leaner and more focused organization. The redundancies meant that Naked Wine lost 6% of its workforce. So, there you go. Sounds like a good deal when it's here, but they are hurting financially, it looks like. So, we'll see what happens to them over the next 6-8 months. That could be critical in their business structure. So, all right. So, we are done for now and for two weeks. Uh, not, not back next week. Uh, well, everyone have a everyone who celebrates us have a great Thanksgiving. I like that we have an international mm-hmm. listeners. I really do. That is cool that we have international listeners that we can say, you know, for those who celebrate Thanksgiving, for those who don't have a great week anyway, you know. Little disclaimer there. Yes, that's and right. Still enjoy the dot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Well, uh, that's right. It is, uh, or it will be Thanksgiving next Thursday. So, and uh, what was the day before it? Uh, oh, Drinksgiving Wednesday. Drinks Maybe that's why we have giving off. We that could be the whole origin of, you know, why I think you know most people have Thanksgiving off besides it being a holiday, is because they, they're hungover. They're hung over. Hung drink. Drinksgiving. They just <laughs> go crazy on Drinksgiving. Oh my god. Yeah. And stumble oh, into the couch and watch football games all day. Yeah. yeah. And, and the first person said, you know what? I'm not going to work on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. What are we going to do about this day? Well, let's let's celebrate that we <laughs> drank so much yesterday. Let's have a big turkey. And they go, all right. All right. Well, yeah, that'll, that'll help. Sure. That'll work. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, we will close out the show for this Thursday, and thank you to everybody for uh, tuning in. What was uh, Jack? Um, I won't mention the last name, but Jack was in the chat room. Uh, said he had a few questions and uh, asked if it was if I was you and if you monitor the chat room. Uh, and I said it's not Ron. It's, this is Mike. And that was the end of it. I thought maybe there would have been a couple of questions in there, but I didn't see anything. Maybe I should have said, "What are your questions?" I you know I got to. Uh, go 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 to that next time. So, sorry about yeah. that, Jack. If you had a questions, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up in a couple of weeks and uh, see yeah, if we can... he could have passed it on to me. That's never a problem. You know, I'm busy with the show, yeah. so sorry I couldn't yeah. talk to you directly. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, if if you're in chat, you know, either on uh, social media or on Blog Talk Radio, which is our main main feed. And you have a question, just you know, pop in there and ask your question. And you know, when there's a little break or something, I'll, I'll you know mention it to Ron. Or if we have a special guest, uh, sometime during the show, John, uh, Ron usually you know stops and asks me if I have any questions, and that's a perfect time. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, most time it's no, but sometimes it's like yes. Uh, so 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jack, we'll try it again in, in next week if you're if you're out there. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Have a great uh, two weeks and a great holiday. If, like you said, if you uh, or like you said, if you celebrate that, and uh, be safe and come back to us after uh, after the holiday. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yep. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All right, there you go. Green room.